Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. Christian servanthood. Servanthood versus slavehood. In specific, we're talking about working at churches and or Christian organizations. Now, this discussion was started by a friend of mine, actually, that that gave me uh, an update on his daughter who works for a church and goes to seminary. And I was just asking how she's doing, and he said, well, you know, she seems, you know, very tired, works a lot, you know, probably doesn't get to eat the way she really wants to, and so forth. And not because she didn't have money, but, but you know, the time factor, you know, maybe some fast foods in there and stuff. And so I was saying, oh, well, really, what does she do? And so, oh, well, you know, she has a couple of Bible studies she does out of her house, and she does... Uh, you know, worship at the at the church and so forth. And I said, really? Really? And he says, yeah, she probably works about 50 hours a week. What? 50 hours a week? What the heck? You are tripping kidding me. 50 hours a week. And I was like, I was dumbfounded. And she goes to seminary. Okay. Well, now, why does that sound weird? Have I done that in the past myself? Yeah, I did that. I had two jobs and and went full-time to school. Yeah, almost snapped me in half, but I did that. So, so yeah, I mean, I can see that. But here's the thing. 50 hours a week at church doing what? Um, You are kidding me. And then he he, he owned up a little bit and said, well, you know, they probably kind of take advantage of her because she's single. And I'm like, well, mm, okay. And... Uh, she's a uh, she's a woman. They're probably taking advantage of her because of that as well. A single woman, and uh, now that sounds kind of tacky for me to say something like that, but it's true. Um, and uh, there was a case some years ago, by the way, of two missionaries who I believe wanted to go to China, and they were single women and went through seminary, got their master's of divinity degree, like like good. Ministers are supposed to do. And then they wouldn't get, then the association wouldn't give them the appointment to the mission field because they were single women. Hmm. Okay. Well, so that's a little poopy. Um, the little situations like that actually start there but and, and and then we're talking about a, a, a really specific problem but you're also talking about a larger issue and in some ways that larger issue folds into a real separation between people who work for Christian organizations or churches and people who work for secular organizations. So, in secular society, 
everyone's got rules and the company has its policies and you pretty much, you know, follow those policies. Why do they have those policies? Well, usually because somebody sued the heck out of them at some point. Or they said, we don't want to be sued. We want to try to treat everybody as equally as possible so nobody will sue our little fannies off. And so that being the case, we're going to follow these rules and these laws. So they follow these rules and they follow these laws in secular society. And pretty much, you know, weird crap and unfair stuff still happens. However, everyone is kind of like on the same footing as to what the rules are. Complication with Christian organizations sometimes is that there is a whole different mindset about workers. So I need to say this up front. We're slaves to Christ. That's Jesus himself. We are slaves, bond servants to Christ. Okay? However, in this world, churches and Christian organizations would like to slide themselves in, into that little scenario and kind of say, okay, yeah, but I'm the representative of Christ, so therefore you need to do this for me. And then they pretty much make slaves of people working for them. Not all of them do that, okay? So I'm not broad brushing. But here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna say. A lot of these people grab Ephesians chapter six and run it to the rails. They take it where it's really not completely designed to go. But let me read this passage for you so that you kind of get the idea. This is Ephesians six five through nine. It says Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours in, is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. All right? Now, this sounds real, 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 just like, oh, well, this is for the work world. All right. Let's, let's backpedal this for a second. Let's look at it. And let's look at something we love to call context, all right? First of all, a bondservant was, and Paul, in several of the epistles, calls himself a bondservant is a servant of free will, all right? That means a servant that has been offered freedom in that day. In the ancient days, it was a servant that was offered freedom but said, no, I love my master so much, I want to stay till I die. And then they make, make the bond permanent. So that's bond servant. Um, 
Now, in this situation, they're still talking about slavery, right? No matter how you want to whiz-bang this set of verses, you're still talking about slavery here, all right? No matter what. So that's a different structure, or should be, than employer and employee. However, in the New Testament, this is pretty much the only solid kind of set of verses that really give you a employer-employee kind of kind of uh, set of guidelines, so to speak. This is not employer-employee, all right? Because employer-employee is, in some ways, referring to two equal people under a set of systems, all right? And in secular society, an employee can pretty much leave. Uh, Whereas, in this situation, it wasn't like that. A slave could not leave the master. Now, in this situation, they wanted to be with the master, but in slavery, that's not how that worked. (laughs) You didn't get the option. And the slave couldn't make demands of the master either. Say, hey, you're treating me like this, but you're treating this guy like this, so, uh, hey, I want what they got. You couldn't do that. So this is a totally different set of situations. Now, is there some takeaways that you can do? Yeah, there is. Should we serve employers like you know, in a Christ-like fashion? Yes, as much as possible. But look, if you're getting exploited, that's not helping them or you. Because if you don't do something about that, they're going to do it somebody else. And probably already are. So, you know, am am I talking about just being a big fat troublemaker? No. But here's what I'm saying. There is almost this two-part thing. For some reason, when people work for the church, they expect you to have, oh, well, this Christ-like attitude, which means you need to work until I tell you to stop and and take whatever I give you and be happy with it. And... You know, and you know, I'm the C- you know, I'm the CEO, and you're the employee. I'm the master, you're the slave, kind of thing. Well, no, <laughs> wrong. That's not how that plays out. Shouldn't be, because if you had that attitude in the secular world, you'd get your rear end suit off. But nevertheless, you know, when you're in a Christian environment and people say, well, you're not supposed to take a brother to court and all this, this fun stuff. Well, okay, but you're mixing your metaphors. Right treatment ought to be right treatment. And, and people tend to get right past this last verse, 6, 9, and, you know, where it says, Masters, do the same and stop threatening and <laughs> stop your threatening. <laughs> well, guess what? Uh you know, Paul didn't say that because they were strat- they were they were patting each other on the back saying, "Oh, what a good job you're doing." No, no, the, these masters were threatening people. Well, look, if you're getting threatened at work with attitude problems, now why why does this uh, why does this come up? Because at one time I was in a Christian bookstore, and I've worked with churches a long time, and 
they have people in them. And people can do really, really horrible things. Even Christian people make very bad decisions sometimes. So here's the thing. You have to be as Christ-like as possible. But you know something? Even Jesus did his share of table flipping in the courtyard. So here's here's the thing I would say. You know, Jesus saw something wrong, and he addressed it. (laughs) Now, you have to use your own very careful wisdom how you do that. But anytime you see people treating people differently in a negative way in the church, as a church employee or as a Christian organization, quote-unquote, employee, that needs to get addressed. Because it's wrong. Wrong is wrong. No matter how you want to, you know, how they want to try to throw the Bible in on that. And people are really good about doing that, too. You know, they know all about this, you know, well, I'm I'm the leader and you're the follower and all this stuff. Well, we've got this leadership thing all screwed up. And the reason we do is because, and I've mentioned this before, in the Middle Ages, we ended up borrowing a lot of stuff that got started uh, in the Middle Ages, uh, from church structure. Uh, and church structure in the Middle Ages came from the Roman system, and the Roman system came from the, the Roman Empire system, which basically was very authoritarian. In other words, there were, you know, you had your, your emperor, and the emperor said, do it, and you didn't do it. they wipe your rear end out. So, what do we do? So what do we do? First of all, whether it's a Christian organization or a secular organization, we need to have Jesus' attitude when we're working there. We need to address problems if there are some, but do the best we can in the power of the Spirit where you're at for the benefit of who you're working for. But also, don't get used because you're in a Christian organization or a church. If they want to say, oh, well, we're like regular organizations, well, then they need to bloom and act like it. And those guys, what that means is if you mess up in in a secular world, somebody sues you, usually, or something, you know, where they call the government on you. Well, in churches, since uh, at least in the West, they're nonprofit organizations, there's a little bit of a difference. So here's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily saying, uh, you know, there are people out there that say, oh, we need to get rid of that nonprofit status in, in the U.S., and I'm not going to say yes or no to that. But here's what I am going to say churches and Christian organizations ought to be giving more benefit. People ought to want to work there because of how they treat their people. Because Jesus, as a leader, washed the feet of his disciples. 
because Jesus, as a leader, led by example and doing, and he did things for people. And people wanted, wanted to be with him. That's the kind of leadership Jesus had. So if you're going to say, okay, we go by Christian principles, then that's what you're doing. It shouldn't be because you work people like like a blooming slave. If anything, if a church saw someone working too much, they need to intervene and find out how they can help them work within the parameters of a regular job so that they can have a personal life and be with their family. Or if they're single, so they can have some downtime. That's what ought to be happening. So with that in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.